Axis Mundi. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our amazing lineup of creators. Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi, faculty at the University of San Francisco. Our show is hosted in partnership with the CAP Center, UCSB, here today with my co-host. I'm Dan Miller, associate professor of religion and social thought at Landmark College. It's nice to see you, Brad. Other people can't see you. I do. You're in California wearing like a fleece shirt and like a big knit cap. And I'm in Massachusetts where we're getting eight to 12 inches of snow today. And I'm in a t-shirt. So I don't, I don't know what world we I wanted. In. Well, I, okay. I want I, last week I shared some opinions about French detective novels. Uh, today I want to share some opinions about French fashion and Northern California fashion. So, uh, I am a middle-aged man, dad, uh, middle-aged man, Dan, <laughs> we're, we're off. You are also a man, dad. I'm just going to say like you are now a man, dad. So well done. Oh, uh, some levity ahead of some very, very, uh, heavy content for today. So I am a man, dad. Uh, thank you. That's on my card. It's on my business card, Brad Onishi, man, dad. And that means that I, I'm like always the guy now in the house who's like, let's turn off all the lights. And why is the temperature up so high? So I often walk around with a knit cap on and a sweater. But I will say, Dan, that here is my riff that if uh, no one asked for, and I, I have no other place to share these opinions. So I share them here because my wife doesn't want to hear them and nor do my friends. So all of you have to listen. When I lived in France, it became clear to me that many of my Parisian friends wore a scarf no matter how hot it was. And they just... It didn't matter if it was 90 degrees out wearing the scarf, 10 degrees out wearing the scarf. And they had an array of scarves, maybe 50 scarves, who knows? And they could tie them in the most elegant and beautiful ways. I was like Googling how to tie scarves because there was just so many different iterations. To me, it, it showed that the, the French person, at least a lot of my French friends, at least in Paris, were just comfortable wearing a scarf and they felt a little naked if there was no scarf around their neck. Even if it was like, I would, I would look at them and be like, Pierre, it's 88 degrees. And it's like, well, you know, and then they would tie the scarf in some beautiful way. The Northern California person, right? We have fog. We have semi-cool weather. Don't, don't tell me about winter in, the, in Vermont. I don't want to hear about it. I'm just saying we have cool enough weather that calls for the knit cap and I surf. So when I go right at four in the morning and it's 39 degrees out, uh, when I get out of the car, I'm always going to wear the knit cap. The knit cap for me is the scarf for the French person, Dan. I just feel naked without the knit cap. I don't care. I have a t-shirt and, and, and shorts on. I'm going to wear the knit cap. You can make fun of me. Go ahead. But that's where, that's where I'm at with it. Does that make sense? That does make sense. I'm just going to, just for the future of the, the man dad thing with the, the knit cap, I'm just going to point out, we, uh, I, I won't name the company, but the company with the, uh, the insurance company that t- warns of becoming your parents, I'm just going to say I own that and I live it. And when my, when my kids see those commercials and like, you do that, dad, I'm like, yes, yes, I'm middle-aged now and I do that. So yeah. Um, no, it's fine. I, the, the, the knit cap thing, I get it. I lived in Seattle for years and you could always tell like, the people who kind of wanted it to be Northern California because they were always wearing the knit cap, like all the time, uh, even when it was raining and like it was soaked through and like dripping down their face. They'd be like, no, I need the knit cap because I'm from San Francisco. Yeah. Yep. So that's it. Yeah. That's it right there. Um, all right. A uh, couple of things. So one more light uh, item, Dan, before we get into some very, very, very heavy stuff. Last week, we 
uh, talked about um, President's Day. And I wondered if anyone did President's Day barbecues. Well, guess what? No one does, apparently. But some great listeners reached out and said they sent out a President's Day card to uh, for uh, their baby to uh, share with f- friends and family about their, their baby. And they dressed the baby up in different outfits of different presidents. So I'm going to post this to our social media later. But uh, it's pretty, pretty impressive. This little baby is Lincoln and Washington and all kinds of things. So pretty cool. Uh, So that is there. And just shout out to y'all. Thank you for being the best listeners ever. Um, Okay, Dan, um, we are recording a couple days after uh, Vladimir Putin uh, decided that uh, he would engage Russia in an invasion of Ukraine. And so we are now living through what is, in essence, the uh, the most uh, egregious and serious land war in Europe since uh, World War II. Um, I, I know that there have been other conflicts, and, and friends, I'm not trying to overlook other uh, wars and other invasions, but uh, Ukraine is the second biggest country in Europe. It's a huge country geographically, and Russia has essentially uh, invaded. Uh, Dan, I have a lot of things, and I think you do too, to relate this to American politics and American Christian nationalism. I, I think we want to spend some good time here talking about the reactions of American Christian nationalists to uh, Putin and why there's such a uh, just enamored tone uh, from politicians to preachers to uh, the Charlie Kirks of the world. But I, I think it's worth just saying, what are your initial thoughts, Dan, on on Russia and what it's what is happening in Ukraine? Uh, neither you or I are foreign policy experts, neither you or I have PhDs in Russian history or are uh, people who've spent time doing fieldwork in Ukraine. So we're not coming at this from, from that angle, but with something this heavy and this big, it just seems worth it, Dan, to say, hey, you know, what, what, is, what is your initial two-minute thought on this? I think, so first of all, in the, the media age, right, like watching this build up and I think the publicity of it, right, and like the publicity of the U.S. sharing intelligence, like what would normally be classified intelligence briefings about like that this was going to happen and the timeline and things like that. I, I think, and we can talk more about this, I think that was probably Biden hoping that there'd be some reality check uh, to the GOP in particular. Um, and of course, that didn't happen. So, I mean, that, that was one piece is just the media page. Uh, the media piece. But for me, and this, I apologize if people are tired of hearing this, because if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, we've talked about this before. But for me, it is still this sense that at this point, to me, the Christian nationalist response, the American Christians that support this, the Fox News people who were like, you know, hey, Putin never, never tried to kill any of my family. So like, why is he so bad? Any of that is not surprising. Uh, it's It's to be expected at this point. But I still go back to what it would have been like if something like this had happened when I was in, say, high school, right? Um, And how different the articulation of Christian nationalism has become in America with regard specifically to Putin and and Russia. And I I think that that's really, really striking. And I think it shows how how much uh, Christian nationalism in the U.S. has metastasized and developed since then, right? I, I say a lot. Christian nationalism is not new, right? The view that we're a Christian nation, uh, that the, the the kind of real American is somebody who's straight, white, Christian, patriarchal, and on and on and on. It's, it's the country was founded on those notions. Um, but the form that it takes now, it's just, again, it's a striking testament to that. The fact that it's, it's at this point not surprising. A few years ago, 
the support for Putin kind of caught me off guard. But by this point in time, like, well, yeah, it's it's to be expected. And people who are younger than me, who've grown up with this kind of Christian nationalism or have come into adulthood or political consciousness, um, you know, since 2000 and, and later, probably are like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you know, how could you how could you be surprised by this? But I think it does show how much that movement has developed to metastasize. And that's what really stands out to me. Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a Straight White American Jesus premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise. In addition to getting access to this episode, you'll have access to the entire Swag archive, over 550 episodes. You'll also get an extra episode every month, ad-free listening, Discord access, and so much more. All that for less than six bucks a month, and it helps us keep our flag up and continue to safeguard democracy from religious nationalism, extremism, and rising authoritarianism. Check it out. It's not hard, I promise. 